Welcome to season three of Own It from Women Lead Change. I'm Tiffany O'Donnell, CEO of Women Lead Change. On today's episode, I talked to Denise Stapley. Denise is a native Iowan and currently practices as a licensed mental health counselor and certified sex therapist. She was also the sole survivor winner of season 25 of Survivor Philippines. She hopes to bring to the podcast what she believes she brings to her practice with clients, which is the encouragement to be unapologetically herself to her own path and to encourage others to do the very same. Denise, thank you for joining us. You are more than welcome. It is a pleasure to get to see your face and talk to you. So thank you. You too. If anybody owns their awesomeness, it's you. So I look forward to our conversation today. We got to just sort of level set. And if you could just give us, give our listeners some insight into who you are and what you do. Well, I'm, again, I'm Denise Stapley and I'm still, I'm a therapist here in Cedar Rapids. I've been in private practice for the last 15 years. I was with a local nonprofit for nearly a decade before that. So I'm kind of at this kind of fun stage in life where I'm still have my foot in my practice, but I'm kind of starting to envision what retirement will look like and what adventures that will bring. Um, Also, you know, some people may know this, but also the crazy one that decided to go off and try my hand at at reality TV. So with Survivor, not once, but I was crazy enough to go out there and think that it might be a good idea to try it two times. So Interesting. Um, yeah, you know, when, yeah. you, when you talk about adventures after retirement, I don't know. I can't imagine anything more of an adventure than Survivor two times. It, you know, that's funny you say it. it's taking the parts that Survivor kind of opened up in me. This spirit of adventure, like of wanting to just go try new things and do new things. It's more that with a comfortable bed and a shower. And it's just, it's, it's being open to, you know, like maybe that'll be more traveling or that'll be more camping or that'll be, um, adventures with the dogs, which I will apologize. I'm really hopeful there's not a knock on our door because if there is, um, it will turn into a, it'll turn into a zoo in our house. So I'm going to hope they're on. Yeah. They're on cue apparently. We got a lot of dog lovers who listen. So good. They'll they'll make themselves known. So So when you, when you talk about survivor, you are a veteran, I would say at at this, what if anything changed in you from that experience? I it's, I have thought of this over the years, many, many times, and it's different things that have changed each time I've gone out there. I think I went into the experience, number one, kind of knowing, um, you're tough. Like I'm knowing like, Hey, I can handle, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm capable, but it's the experience I think reinforces those messages. It reinforces the idea that, Hey, we are capable of so much more than we believe we are. Uh, it, it taught me even more so the benefit of the discomfort of things, of being in uncomfortable situations and knowing there's no out, there's only through. And I think that's how it changed me in terms of kind of that willingness to tolerate even more of that and just go like, okay, I can like, whatever the situation is like, okay, there's some benefit in this. There's something I'm supposed to gain from this. And, and I think it just kind of brought that out in me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say, we had a guest on, on our podcast, uh, who's an iron repeated Ironman oh. racer. And she's, she's just an incredible incredible person and she 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 says you know your your body can do way more than you think it can i mean right. way more the trick is getting your mind to stop yeah. 
stop you from doing things. It's the mindset. It absolutely is. I was listening to a, another podcast just today talking about that mindset, you know, and grit. And it is, it's so true. It's like, you know, the things, and especially as women, I'll say like, we are so capable, like our bodies are literally like amazing, amazingly wired um, to do absolutely incredible things. And yeah, so it's just, whether or not it's an Ironman or Survivor or whatever it is. Yeah, you Did realize. Did you find that. your gender um, was a, a benefit or what was different? Were, were there differences between the, the male and the female um, contestants? Um, it is. I think it depends on the season. Again, sure. what's respected and what's not. I think the way my gender came in, if anything, I think my age, it was two things. It was my age and my gender in the game, it surprised people. I think that, wow, okay, like this little, short, five foot tall um, munchkin, um, I'm capable. And I think they kind of underestimate that a little bit, but the the having to be nice or, you know, kind of those expectations of as a mom to be nice or as a woman to be nice, um, that plays against you a little bit in the game because when you speak up, it's like, this doesn't it's heard differently. It, it's, heard differently. Right. it's heard very differently than when the guys are talking or the guys are you know smack talking other guys about how they performed or what they did at a tribal council it comes across very differently um from a female and you can see that you know season after season kind of how those gender dynamics kind of play out it's, it's really fascinating that I'm going to go back and look at that just mm -hmm. that even just as a case study. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. And I, we see it out in the real world, you know, how Ugh. we know the, the impressions that a strong female can be called one thing and, yep. you know, a male counterpart may be called something else. So Absolutely. It would be 100% in the jungle. You know? Right. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, wow. so tell us about, um, have you done things like that in the past? Have you always been somebody who's been ready to try something new? I didn't come into that adventurous kind of sense or that, that openness to kind of doing new things until probably my forties, quite honestly, wow. my early late thirties to early forties. And I genuinely believe it was kind of prompted by hearing other friends, hearing other women talk about life at 40 and how it was over or how they weren't capable or couldn't do things. And I'm like, yeah, you are like, and I think it just, there's always been that little fire in me to kind of push against the current a little bit. And even more so, I think it was this motivation to, to go out and prove that to myself, but also to prove that to these friends and other women, like, Hey, it's not over yet. We are just like, we are just hitting our prime and it's time to kind of put, you know, hit the pavement and let's get moving. So I think that's, when it really started for me, I've always enjoyed um, being active, but this kind of adventure, or this kind of excitement came from, again, years of watching TV, watching the show, and then hearing those comments from other people or hearing people say, I could never do that. And my reply is always the same. How do you know? You don't know mm -hmm. until you're stuck in that situation. And then you figure out you're really capable. Were there any moments, any defining moments um, on either season oh. of Survivor where it pushed you to your brink and you, you got through it? Uh, to, both seasons had different things. And I'll try and condense it. The, the first season, 
was literally a moment of being ready to quit the game. And it was all because of, it had nothing to do with the gameplay. It had everything to do with the elements. That first season out, you know, we had 18 days of rain. And so constant rain and being wet. And so the ocean was rough and the Philippines had had a storm um, and were taken by boat from our island to tribal council. They don't show that on TV, but you're taken by boat. And one particular boat ride um, was terrifying. I've never, like, I literally was thinking, I'm never going to see my daughter again. I'm never oh going to gosh. see my husband again. They're going to find my body floating in the ocean um, because of the swells. And our boat kept um, stalling in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and oh it was, ter- so I had, I think that was the first time I ever had what I can only associate was a panic attack of some kind. But again, you have to just deal with it. And, you know, we, we're, we're checked out by medical um, at every tribal council. And I remember walking into the, the medical tent and I'm still kind of kind of hyperventilating a little bit. And Dr. Joe was our, our staff doctor on, the, on site that year. And I said, you know, Dr. Joe, I think, I think, and I'm trying to catch my breath, I'm having a panic attack. And, and he looked me dead pan and he said, okay, we'll talk about that after tribal council and sent me on my way. So you took like, like, there's no like, Hey, let's get you calmed down. There's no, um, what can we do? It's, you're going to be fine. Go do it. And that was the day that I was like, I'm not getting back in that boat. I'm not going like, it was all about the boat. Um, so that was defined and getting through that and going, wow, you, but you did, you calmed down, you regrouped and I can still watch that scene, that tribal council. And I can see it. If you didn't know that had happened, you would never know. Um, but I can see it in my eyes. I can see and go like, wow, you were freaking out just before this. Like I can see that, that glazed kind of ugh, like just exhaustion. Well, I was going to say, you're, yeah. I work as a therapist. I would think that you would understand what exactly what was going on. Was right. that ever a benefit during the during the experience? <laughs> no. Actually, yes, it was. The second time, the second time more so than the first. The the first time, because it was literally kind of that life, like I felt like my life is threatened right now. It was the only time they'd made us put on life jackets. We're in an open boat um, in the middle of the ocean. Like it was really, like it was really scary. And that time my rational therapist brain wasn't, was not in the room anywhere. Um, second time out, there's an experience after a tribal council where I just had, um, without going into too much detail, I just kind of, I broke down. I was exhausted. Um, I was tired of the emotional, it was the emotional gameplay and cat and mouse. And I literally just kind of lost my collective on, you know, I was worried I had lost that on national TV. They were very kind to me and did not show that. Um, but I did use those therapy skills like that day. It was a lot of laying in our shelter and telling myself you're good enough. You're fine. You have people at home who love you. Um, You've gotten everything that you wanted out of this experience and whatever happens from here forward is all good. So it was a lot of that kind of you're okay. You're good enough. You're like that self-talk. And that's where it really, um, really came in handy. But, Great perspective. I think that's, yeah. that's definitely perspective that we can all use out here yeah. too. I mean, Absolutely. always kind of a reality check and what's really important yeah. in your life. And, and is yeah. this day at the office really, really right. the worst? Right. Or do we want to talk about what the worst really looks like. 
Right. And that, that's exactly it. It was, you know, because you can get sucked into all of that other stuff, right? You can, you can let it just. You're literally on an island. Like you're literally, you could easily forget there was another world. Right. Well, and when you think when you have a bad day at the office, what do you do? You go home and you probably, my guess is you go home and you, you talk to your spouse I ordered pizza last night. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. You order pizza. You have a glass (laughs) of wine. You go check in on your girls, like all these things. And when you're out on an island, you are alone. Like you may get some comfort. And I will say like there were uh, Sarah Lucina, um, who lives also lives here in Cedar Rapids. And my friend Ben that was out there with like that experience, they were so supportive. And it was like, wow, in the midst of this chaos, we kind of found this little mini tribe to kind of help calm. And that's what we do in real life, right? We have to, we have to find our tribe. We have to find who's going to support us. Who's going to help us get through whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Do you keep in touch with those folks? I do. You know, Sarah, not so much. Sarah's pretty private, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's busy. I mean, she is, I cannot imagine, um, you know, as a, as a police officer, the, the stress that she deals with, um, but I do with Ben and Malcolm for my first season. So we're still, we literally just connected the other day. And I, I literally hadn't seen his face for almost two years. He's like, it hasn't been two years. It has been two years. I'm, I'm, your, I'm your mom from the jungle. And I remember the last time I saw your face. Mount Mercy University was founded in 1928 by a group of bold women intent on breaking barriers. Inspired by the Sisters of Mercy, Mount Mercy is committed to fulfilling their mission to expand abilities, equip you to lead with purpose, and empower you to accomplish your goals. Mount Mercy offers graduate, accelerated, and traditional programs to people from all walks of life. Their forward-thinking, future-focused approach puts you on the path toward success. Mount Mercy University. The future is female. Their past was too. Discover more at mtmercy.edu. You're a mom in real life too. So tell us a little about your family. Uh, We have our own little family here. We have uh, my husband, Brad, and I have been married now. It'll be 22 years in November. Um, And our daughter, Sydney, is graduating from Linmar in May. So she's going to be you know, she's ready to fly the coop. And, and so that's that whole part of, again, like what comes after this, because it really changes things. It's like, it does. It's a know? chapter. It is yeah. definitely that empty nest chapter. It is. Are you so, looking forward? Have you been able to look past that enough to, to have things to, to want to do and look forward to? Absolutely. We've already kind of got our little list starting, you know, so, some of it includes her like going to visit her because she's going to be um, heading out of state actually to Wisconsin. Uh, for for school so it's even things around there like it's a lot of travel pieces I'm looking at how do we want that um, Mm -hmm. to look you know what do I want my days to look like you know my goal is literally I want to wake up happy every day like a great goal right like and and it's not that hard like wake up in a good mood like you know I just want to wake up we do we do yeah that's one of our first choices I've learned over Mm -hmm. many years yep what did your daughter think of the whole experience? Were you able to, to share any of your lessons with her? Or was she just like, oh my gosh, it's just my mom. It's the latest crazy thing. You know? I think that's, I think that's part of it is, you know, the first, yeah. the first time I played, she was only eight. So she was young. Like you think of your kids being eight, like she was so young and I left her for seven weeks. And that was just 
so difficult, but she, I think had fun with it because we included, we included her in literally every step, which some people may or may not agree with, but in Mm -hmm. every conversation we had about, is this okay for me to go do this? What does this mean for our family? Um, She looked through, like she didn't understand them, but all the contracts you have to sign. Mm -hmm. um, She had, we had to come up with the lie, which is horrible as a parent to say, I'm teaching my daughter how to lie, but she couldn't, she couldn't say where I was. So we had to offer her something. Right. You can't disclose. So for seven weeks, people at school would be like, where's your mom? It's just been your dad picking you up from school where. And and so we had this whole elaborate lie, Tiffany, like that she could go to because it had to make sense (laughs) and she had to be able to remember it. And so that experience, I think it was more kind of for her kind of this just new, exciting, um, unknown experience. The second time out, I'm so happy. Like the second time out, my husband and Sydney got to both come out to Fiji. And so they became, and they got to come to our camp and see where we lived. And so it changed, it changes everything. It's like now they, they literally have this direct experience of the conditions we're living in, what it's like. They got to meet players. Um, So she thinks, I think she's still, you know, she's funny. She still kind of rolls it because I'm just mom. Right. right, I'm just mom. And, you know, so she doesn't get quite as jazzed about it anymore. My niece, on the other hand, is a hoot. I mean, it just depends, right? Because they haven't been around it all the time. But it's been a great experience for all of us. So One of the things that I always uh, enjoy about that show in particular is the strategy. Yes. I mean, real strategy. And I always always pride myself on being fairly strategic. Talk Talk to us a little about the strategy of that game. Is there anything that you could you might be able to share with us that might help us out in the real world as it relates to being strategic. I, you know, I think you have to listen to your gut instinct and trust your gut instinct. That's a huge piece of it. Uh, And I think you have to be in terms of the strategy of the game, the number one benefit or resource is being able to be adaptive, you know, or adaptable. You know, you have to, when one thing doesn't work, right. When strategy A doesn't work, you have to be able to shift gears and go, well, what's my next strategy? And even when you feel like you're in that corner and there's nothing, you have to be able to kind of take a pause and breathe and regroup. And, you know, the strategy, the the gameplay was totally different the first time out again than the second time out. The first time out, my strategy was much more social. Like I have to be, you know, that's my, that's my strength in the game is that social piece. I think you would probably have more of the like literal strategy benefit, right? Like calculating and not like there are people who are so good at the game because they're, they're literally, they're counting numbers and they're think they're able to think three steps ahead. And I'm much more in the here and now, which is not always great for survivor. It's good sometimes, right? It's right. good to build relationships in the here and now. But in Survivor, it's like they're they're like moving chess pieces. Like they're thinking four steps ahead of me. And it's oh. hard. So that's it, not that is definitely not my strength in the game. So the second time around, what was different? Oh, the gameplay in insane like they're just so smart. Like you have players out there who are so much more able to lie. 
I, and I will we'll say like they have the ability to look at you and literally like I believe them they, because they look they're so because it's like they are so calm in that and they they can just get they can convince you we and all sociopaths in real world yeah <laughs> right no I, you would think that we I joked so here um, I know people who haven't seen the show it won't make sense but um, Tony Vlacos is who won this last season that I was on. And when we finish the game, you go through kind of exit press and exit interviews. And I sat down with Jeff Probst and they do an exit interview with he and Matt. And he said, so what do you think? Like, are you okay with Tony winning, you know, Tony winning or tell me what it's been like to live on the Island with Tony. And I said, you know, Jeff, the only thing I can equate it to is it's like being on the Island with tons of serial killers. And they're all, they're all a little bit like Ted Bundy and you, you better pick the right one to get into their Volkswagen bug or else you're oh going to be Oh my gosh. Trouble. That's and, hilarious. And because that is, it's like being on an Island with all of these really charismatic, um, charismatic serial killers and oh, sociopaths. Okay. And they're not by any means, but, I they're know really, that. but they're really good at it. It is. It's a little sociopathic sometimes, but. That is fascinating. Would you, would you yeah. do it again? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. I wouldn't. That didn't take no. you long. No, I, you know, there are people who will go back over and over. Uh, this last time there were lessons learned. Um, it's interesting and it ties right back into my work, um, with clients. You know, we talk about trauma and there's trauma in the game and you never know when trauma will kind of be kicked up, you know, what triggers it. And in hindsight, the game was not the first time out. The game was physically difficult. You know, I lost more weight. We dealt with the elements and, but I bounced back from that just fine. And emotionally, of course, it was a better outcome, right? So it was like, okay, so that's great. Second time out, uh, the elements were not difficult. Elements were a piece of cake. Um, weight wasn't an issue, but the emotional toll and the feeling of being rejected by your tribe is really powerful because the tribe is life. Like if you think of that in life or, you know, going back, like if you don't have a tribe, you don't survive. And there's an emotional toll that that kind of kicked up. And I, I don't know, it's, it's a strange thing. And it's hard to describe that, but emotionally the second time out was incredibly difficult. Um, and so I kind of said like, yeah, I think I'm, I've had my, I've had my fill and CBS has been like, they had been great. Like, I can't say anything negative about the show or the experience. Mm -hmm. I think you just know when to say when. And again, I think that's a, a trait that translates into the work that I do. You know, it's kind of listening to your gut and trusting that your gut will tell you what you need. And mine was, I needed to come home and be around all of the people that I, you know, that I love and that love me. and go for and kind of let some of that go if that makes i don't know if that makes sense but it's you have to trust your gut yeah exactly. and know when you're done yeah okay i have to ask you this really kind of dumb yeah. stuff. no like, was there did you have to eat anything weird uh second time out no second time out we ate gross things the first time out I ate snails like we had cooked up snails like, like without, little butter and garlic. without butter and garlic yeah like hit them with a rock and try and <laughs> take these little tiny pieces of snail out and we put them in the rock or in the in the rice and i remember us eating them and all of a sudden one of the gals that was on our tribe 
you could hear the crunching. Oh, no. Because we hadn't gotten all the suckers out and there were pieces of shell and it tasted horrible. Um, Second time out, no, we some of the things we ate, I was just glad I got to try them. Like fresh eel out of the ocean, um, which, you know, I wouldn't like, that's not something I would typically have ordered here, even at a sushi restaurant. But now, but post survivor, it's like that adventure, like, okay, like, I'll try just about anything once, right? Like, why not? So So this podcast is called Own It. So we like to talk about things about you that may, may or may not either by you or other people have been considered, you know, a good thing that you've actually Mm -hmm. figured out actually is. Mm -hmm. And how do you own that? Uh, uh, I own my stubbornness and my determination 100%. Um, And I look at it like being pragmatically planned. I'm a little bit of a control, like all of that, like I own it. Like I am, I am determined and stubborn and I absolutely own. And if I want to do something, I will figure out a way to do it. There there is no, like my husband knows we have stories of house projects that not all have gone well, but one in particular that started, that really shows me on is uh, in our first home, I wanted to create a path in the grass, like, and put pavers down and, and he's an, and my husband's an engineer. So we have the engineer who thinks things like before we buy a snowblower, he's going to have researched every brand, every kind, um, the baby gate, you know, for our daughter, our first baby gate, I think took six hours to put up because it was going to be so solid. And so I love that in him. I, on the other hand said, no, he said, you need a sod cutter. And I said, I don't, I do not need a sod cutter. I have an idea. We have knives that will work just right. And I had what's basically equates to like a Ginsu knife. You remember the Ginsu knives that yes. were so and I literally like scalped our grass with a knife. And I was like, I'm gonna do this because I want it done today. <laughs> I went oh out, like, my things gosh. Like did it work? It did. It worked great. Or, you know, I was like almost nine months pregnant or six months pregnant. I think it was six months or seven months pregnant. Of course very, you were. very pregnant. Um, and we had rock delivered and I'm like, he's like, you're not helping. I'm like, oh yes, I am. So I'm like doing the buckets of rock with, you know, this pregnant belly. So I think it's that stubbornness that I really own. And I think that's what I try, I think, to put out there a little bit, kind of like that, like that, just be unapologetically who you are, right? Own it, right? Like own the weirdness or own the stubbornness and it's what those, it, those know, are the people that we adore. I mean, I think it's always yeah. the best compliment when someone can can call you authentic or thank you for being authentic. Yes. Because yes. that really is. I mean, to your point, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. Right. You know, right. And I think once you figure that out, um, you know, life is a wonderful thing and relationships are wonderful. It is. It is. Denise, this was such a treat. Thank you so much. I love chatting with you. I, and I love what you're doing with the podcast. Again, so many amazing, amazing, incredibly strong women who are changing our community, like, or their communities, like one, one conversation, one step at a time. So thank you for being one of them. Thank you. Present company included. Thanks thank so you. much. Best of luck. You got, to you. It. you got it. Thanks, Tiffany. Denise is inspiring in so many ways, you know, and not just what she's accomplished from a physical standpoint, but gosh, the mental and emotional toughness she's displayed. Truly inspiring. 
Nominations are open for the Quad Cities Athena Leadership and the Iowa Women of Achievement Awards. Find more information and nominate a woman at WLCGlobal.org. Applications for the Elevate Leadership Program are live now at WLCGlobal.org. This program is open to emerging leaders in the corridor. Get those applications in by May 31st. The Women Lead Change store is open. We have apparel, books, drinkware, and much more at WLCStore.MyShopify.com. Follow Women Lead Change on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so much. More information and tickets can be found at WLCGlobal.org.